What's going on, my people? This is Wale from the Pregame Podcast. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and wherever you listen to podcasts. We love y'all, and until next time, peace. Kaboom! And there's a washer and dryer in the basement, too. And this is brand new. I said, y'all, I touch with that. Well, she'll be pleased to know. You just got to reach out, let her know, because she needs. To, she wants to fill it ASAP, and she wants to fill it with... Well, I mean, she got to meet me in the middle with the deadline. Like, the de- there ain't no deadline. If no, you're, you're going to fill out the paperwork and have them go through that whole process with them, mm-hmm. they're going to give you the apartment. Gotcha. Right now, you get you got some you got some wiggle room. Don't say shit about me saying this to you. You have you have some negotiation room because they don't have anybody and they're desperate to fill it because they don't want to pay the mortgage again next month. So you have that makes sense. some wiggle room. You don't have to pay that sixteen hundred unless you want to, because that is the price of the mortgage that they have to pay, put in. So yeah. Let it be known. This is the highest I can go. That's it. I can move on by this time frame. Yes or no? What's the time frame? Well, end of March. Realist. I initially told her because you should. I was trying to do. I was trying to do May, but like I've been shopping around, and I found a couple spots. One dude was like, "Yo, uh, eleven hundred three bedroom, everything included, but it won't be available till June." So I'm like, and it's a, it's a. Uh, well, technically, it's a three bedroom, but it's, I say two bedroom. Third bedroom is not really a bedroom. It's like it's like a little closet space type per se, but big. So I'm like, yo, by June, I said, I bet. So listen, bro, housing is trash right now. Oh yeah, of course. Kanye West wrote a divorce poem. Oh my god, that's my nigga. That nigga is so fucking. That's my nigga. Kim Kardashian is back to being Kim Kardashian, and the world is better for that. She didn't deserve his last name. She also didn't deserve the spike in relevance that he gave her by picking her. I was saying, he didn't really give her relevance. I he say, gave her a lot of relevance. Ooh, I would say He legitimized her, bro. As a woman? As a, no, nigga, not as a woman. Sure, well, let's read it. Um, just so y'all know, just so y'all niggas know, we are recording and we're oh. two minutes in. So this is all going to stay. <laughs> Divorce feels like full-blown COVID. Divorce feels like your doctor don't know shit. Divorce feels like you're walking on glass. Divorce feels like you're running through a glass wall. I would have saved that at the bottom because that's kind of weird. Divorce feels <laughs> like you're being bullied in a class hall. Divorce feels like you're getting beat up in the mall. Divorce feels like your hand was burned on the stove. Divorce feels like your soul was dragged over coals. Divorce feels like your grandmother, your grandma never got over that cold. Divorce feels like the first play of the Super Bowl and your ankle rolls. Wow. Shot at Odell much. Um, <laughs> divorce feels like your kids were snatched from your control. Divorce feels like you've been shot in and traffic is slow. Divorce feels like heavy breathing. The force feels like suffocating, barely breathing. There's more. I said there's more. I said there's more. There's more. How do I go to the... Oh, okay. Oh, who are you to have an opinion? The force feels like you're receiving a spiritual beating every evening. The force feels like you worked all overtime all week and you ain't allowed off <laughs> for the weekend. 
That's valid. <laughs> the voice <laughs> feels like you got broken into. The voice feels like you got broken into, broken in a thousand pieces. The voice feels like you've been set on fire for your truth, then labeled a liar. The uh, voice feels like Michael Myers. Nigga, what? Divorce feels like your teeth being pulled with pliers. Divorce feels like slower than paint and drier. What? Okay, I, I get it, but like that, wow, more words needed to be added. Divorce feels like nails in your hand. Divorce feels like, feels walking, feels like walking in on your bride and your best man. Divorce feels like you can't sit or stand. Divorce feels like you can't breathe. Divorce feels like you can't stay or leave. Divorce feels like a funeral, a miscarriage, a broken leg. Divorce feels like you gave everyone away and you don't have the right to right <laughs> to have anything to say. Who are you to have an opinion on your own life? You are not you anymore. You're what's left of you. Michael Jackson said it best. You're a vegetable. You're a vegetable. You're the real Cosby, not a Huxtable. Well, sending prayers out to Mr. Ye West. I hope he doesn't do anything drastic to hurt himself. After watching all three parts of his documentary, I definitely understand him better than I ever have in terms of why he does the things that he does. I will never label that man insane or crazy or any of that stuff. Um, a lot of, a lot of his peace and a lot of his, uh, just neutral center was, it was, it was spearheaded by his mama, yo, his like that. It sounds crazy, but like, we know people, if we really think about it, who never bounce back from a traumatic death or a traumatic experience in their lives. We see movies about it all the time. You know what I mean? We, like, Mystic River is one of my favorite movies. And I was just talking about Mystic River with Isaac early on in the week. And I was telling Ike, I'm like, yo, it's crazy to me that, like, in Hollywood, when they talk about A-listers and goats, they still don't talk about Sean Penn. Mm. Up there with the Robert De Niro's and the Tom Hanks's and the, that Nick, bruh, when this nigga found out his daughter was the victim that was dead in the motherfucking old bed cage at the old zoo, that scene at 17, first time watching a senior high school sitting on my couch, living on Goddard Street, my mom's in the room sleep, my brother's in our room sleep, and it's like 10.30 at night, and this nigga, he heard it on the radio, Ran to the ran to the old zoo with his goons, and it was a rat. He said, "Sean, is that my daughter in there?" And I was like, "Yo, I really thought his daughter was dead, son." And he said it multiple times. And Kevin Bacon's character is just standing there looking at him like, "Fuck me." He's like, had nothing to say. And he's like, "No, no." Trying to fight off the cops and shit. Is that my daughter in there? And I'm like, God damn, nigga. I was moved to tears with that performance. That's why the nigga got a fucking Oscar. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that shit. And yeah, Kanye can't believe he got divorced either. But he's been wilding the last couple. He's been wilding for the last few years. Kanye has. Uh, Kanye went from. 
Tanya's life has been like a fucking um a heart rhythm on the monitor, like a hot monitor. She goes Beep. He, got, he got put Beep. on. Beep. No, for real. He got put on. He got into a car accident. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Literally like three months after he signed. He moved to Cali. He was doing some shit. And then that was rap. He decided not to get the surgery because it would have took him out for like eight months. Finished the album. Dropped the album. Best New Artist Grammy. All this shit. Best hip hop album. All this shit. Won three Grammys. First shout out. Bop. That was his 2003-2004. Runs it back. Late registration. Bop. Wins two more. But not only does he win two more in 2006. Bop. 2005. Artist that he puts on the college dropout album and late registration. John Legend wins best new artist. Literally like mirrors this nigga's first step. Best new artist, best R&B album. John Legend, 20, 2005. Everything that he did the year before, John Legend did. Then he goes and runs it back again. Dog. It's just... And then his mom dies. Nope. Mm-hmm. He gets his heart broken. Mm-hmm. He heartbreaks. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Uh, graduation is 2007, and that's the year his mom dies. Graduation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, graduations when um me and this like we literally graduated high school. <laughs> yes, that was the year we graduated high school. It goes college dropout, late registration, graduation, then it goes eight oh eights, then it goes uh that weird easy album, then it goes my dark twisted fan my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Jeez. Then it go actually no, Yeezy is after that. Yeezy is after my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Um, yeah, she, huh. damn, you was, you spot on, bro. She died in, yeah, that we graduated. I know, nigga. She, and he paid for that fucking surgery. She was on, she had just got finished doing plastic surgery and she didn't need it. She didn't need it. She helped, she, she had him start the Kanye West Foundation, all of this dope ass shit that she was doing. And like, she managed them and she was the only person that can keep that nigga sane, bro. Um, and his trajectory has just been like, just wow, just wow. The nigga who recorded all of his shit, his 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 real name is Cootie, but he <laughs> spells it C O O D I E, and that shit is hilarious. But um, yeah, man, like that's a, that's a testimony to a parent. I think you touched up on it last week. I was like, yo, like you did briefly. Excuse me, and I don't mean to interject. He touched up on it briefly because um. You were saying like, yo, like I granted I didn't watch it up until this week. Yeah. She literally was like rapping this shit. And even like snippets you see online, like I'm rapping the shit with you. I'm supporting She knew every word. And like that type of support, I'll say a fe- I'll say a fe- start off with a female support is none other. A mother's support is untouchable. A parent's support is like it it speaks so many volumes. And I think those three key aspects it speaks towards how he was as a person up until he had lost it. And that's where you could kind of say, you could kind of say like he started to decline. Like I think musically he never lost it. He knew no, music. Spiritually. Yes. And mentally. That's when he started to lose down. it. Music wise, he stayed consistent. Yeah. yeah. The spiritual re- a reawakening and rebirth that he experienced and came out with um, in 2020 with Jesus is King was him realizing, yo, I got to do this for the day. Damn, nigga. This nigga guzzled that, truly. It's so, sir. 
There's water in it. It's always <laughs> I'm tired of this, Grandpa. It's too damn bad. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't too damn bad. Keep digging. <laughs> dig it up. Uh, like, oh, dig like, it. He like pulled that out of his pocket. He's like, oh, I'm oh, too damn bad. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga, he lifted his head and stopped digging. Oh, right yeah. I'm oh, sorry. He <laughs> said, that's too damn bad. <laughs> That nigga didn't give a fuck oh, about his theory. granddaughter. Yeah, at all. And she was all dressed up with her hat on and shit. Mm. Man, shout out to the Zeroni family, nigga. And the Yonats. <laughs> um, but yeah, yo, yay. This is Jay better have called him. Pusha better be next to him. Pharrell, all these niggas just pour love on him. Cootie. <laughs> fucking common, like all them niggas just call, fucking rhyme fest. All them niggas need to just GLC. Just call that nigga, yay man. Let him know that he gonna be alright. They're both billionaires. He can have fucking access to his kids. His kids are old enough where he can. You know what I mean? Like he should be okay. But that love if shit you, is tough. Well, if you ask me, Kanye West, a lot of his actions are out of fear of what he suspects will happen. Mm. Right, so his wife can't divorce him because then he won't see his kids, mm. and it's like nobody even has to say that. He's, he's never he's he's right because he never's gonna see his kids the way that he was seeing his kids when he was in the house. So in a way, he's right, yes, but for them not to give him visitation for no reason would be crazy. Yeah, and that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. He's gonna be okay. They're both well, well, well off. Three times he's gonna be he's gonna be good. They're gonna be like he'll have a relationship with his babies. It's not gonna drop off. He's just gotta get used to it. And like if Kim really did love him, I mean she got pregnant twice, almost died giving birth to this to the to the to their firstborn son, and had a they paid for a surrogate for the second for the set of twins. So it's like there was real love there, but that is a, a not but. However, it's such a fucking huge lift. It's such a heavy lift to deal with somebody who has any kind of mental disability, you know what I mean, or any kind of disorder. It's a lot. It's a fucking lot. Anybody who has a mental disorder or is just like mentally they always have something going on or they're addicted to a substance, it's hard work. It's hard work. That's why we ignore people who are homeless that have these things on the street. That's why we give them a dollar, pray they don't give us a bum bunk by actually touching up accidentally touching our pinky and we keep it moving. We don't want to be anywhere near these people, but they are still people. They are still human. But when they're in our family, when we're married to them, we think that duty and service is, you know, we got to stay, stay true to the vows. And that Christianity bullshit that people try to, you know, jam down your throat about not ever getting divorced because it's Christian. Like, it's like, dog, all of these rules are made up by men and men make the most mistakes out of any fucking living creature on the planet. Fuck your rules. You know what I'm saying? That's part of the reason why it's like, why would I want to get the government involved in my shit? Why would I want to throw, put on this presentation and like declaration of my love in front of family, friends, and strangers? Like, why would I want to do that? Why do I have to, I mean, we have to register our children. Like, a lot of that shit doesn't make any fucking sense. Every every human being has a registration number. <laughs> That's crazy, nigga. 
We got a registration certificate and a social security number, an ID number. Yeah. I think a lot of people, like men and women, look for, you think about, like, because you talked about marriage, and when you think about marriage, like, I think people think of it as, like, the, either an opportunity to show off in front of someone, mm-hmm. the opportunity to have something that other people want, when it should be the opportunity to make a difficult decision so you never have to make that choice again. Hmm. And even that and like even that explanation of it is like bro, we 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 have so many similarities to so many different human beings that we haven't met yet when we meet them and you already made a commitment to one person and then you meet somebody 4 years down the line on vacation in Aruba and they have the the same job as you and they have the same perspective and or they have a different job they're your complete fucking opposite but y'all get along so well there's that universal energy that just clicks now you're like fuck do i want to stay with my partner is my wife really my soulmate is my husband really my soulmate god damn now this is not to say that pete davidson is kim kardashian soulmate by any means and you know, Kanye definitely is going through a lot and is trying to chase that feeling of being married again because he's now dating a Kim K lookalike. Did y'all see those photos? Mm-hmm. That's some, that's some, that's how you know this screws loose in this nigga's head. Like, fuck that. Go ahead, Coop. You sound like you gotta get something off your chest nah, before you nah, literally go nah. get something off of your chest. No, nah, I mean. <laughs> How can I word it? I don't. I don't. I'm trying to figure out the best way I want to process. It, uh, say it. I don't. Nah, you're right. I ain't gonna hold you. You're most definitely right. And I think it goes also not only with personal relationships and to some degree, if you want to see relationship as a whole, rather be intimate or not intimate, it goes in friendships. And I mean, I can use myself as an example where like because you got a new girlfriend. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Hee hee ha ha. Funny man. I knew it was coming. I'm about to get the fucking button. Just funny man. No, but like I I seen that as well because like prime example. Our 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 friendship, no, or brotherhood, however you however you want to classify it. I see We're brothers. Yeah, I mean uh, and it's disrespectful. Like, <laughs> no, but I've also seen that I seen that within someone else. Even though we don't talk we don't talk on a regular basis, but instantly when we saw each other, yep. we clicked. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, why do we click? Oh shit, like and like a lot of people want to go in depth, like, what's your astrology? What's his astrology? Da 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 da. I don't know what it was. We just clicked. Yep. Now, I mean, granted, he's, I want to say, three, if not four years, not going to be. We clicked. Who? Nick Gene Gillis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We clicked. When we first met, I don't know what it was. It was just good vibes. And every time we see each other, it's always mad love, no matter what. And I told him, I said, yo, bro, you have to ask for not. I don't know what it is. And the same thing vice versa with him. Like, mm-hmm. that I mean, like, there's been times where, like, he'll pop up, like, yo, bro, don't even worry about it. Like, it's on me. Really? Nigga? Like, nah, I, I got it. Da, da, da. Nah, it's on me. Or like, yo, do you mind doing me inside? Yeah, of course, I got you. Whatever, whatever. Simple as that. Meeting his lady, meeting his family, meeting his siblings. And I'm just like, I don't know what it was. Everybody's just like, yo, like, like I, they thought initially, like, I was I was Haitian. I was like, no, nah, I'm not Haitian. I'm West African, Nigerian. It was like, oh, okay. But we click. So I don't, I don't think with Kanye's 
to kind of t the double back on with Kanye's situation, I really wholeheartedly still stand by what you said last week. Like the the loss of his mother yeah. set him in a very dark spiral, and I think it's a it's an indirect way of calling out for help. He's still he's and still I, grieving. Yeah, of course. And it's like it's like there's never a timestamp of when to not to grieve or how to grieve, whatever whatever it may be. I think honestly, Jamie acknowledge that, and which I think. He probably, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going off media-wise and articles. I'm sure he probably did reach out to him and whatnot, but I think, Jay, like, yo, Jay's my big brother. My biggest brother was Big's brother. So, like, you don't say that lyrically and not mean that. Like, yo, like, he's literally my big brother. If you're my big brother, get me out this shit. He said it again on Drink Champs. We you all watched I mean? the Drink Champs interview, right? Yeah. Like, we talked about it on the pod. You say, yo, that's my big brother. brother. I ain't, why would I battle him? I can't, like. He's my big brother. That's it. But as your brother, but I smoke anybody else. <laughs> but but being a big brother, if yeah. you see your little brother going through some shit, oh yeah, you gotta call him. And I, and I feel like he has. I feel I'm gonna make the assumption that Jay called him because that's tough. Well, maybe it's time for Jay to show up at the house. <laughs> Yo, it's something like now. I mean, but like, Kanye was also on the run. If you think about it, while all of this shit was happening, Kanye's tour was wherever it might be. He's not. He don't got a hotel. He's sleeping wherever the show's at. Yeah, that's kind of true. That's kind of true. Um, yeah, man. You know, prayers to Ye and the West family. <laughs> this nigga had... Wow. He would have the Kanye thing with the hand. Show her that. So it's fucking hilarious. No pun intended. Oh, no. It's still charging. <laughs> it, just, it was dead. It was it completely was dead. Man. That's hilarious. We're talking about Kanye. For the, oh, for no. the listeners, we're talking about Kanye West and... The laptop background on this on this particular computer is a, is a photo is a painting or a picture of Hey Arnold <laughs> dressed like Kanye West, the bear on the album cover for College Dropout. That's actually pretty funny and very clever. I'd wear that if it was on a t shirt. But um, all right. So yeah, how how are you guys doing before we before Thompson has to leave to go? DJ. Well, I actually have to. Nigga, check in real quick, motherfucker. Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I can't believe those is fucking ass. <laughs> no, you gotta go. I gotta Did go. You see and me I... no. Is he see me? <laughs> so I knew what time it was. Um, no, nah, man. I, this week was good. I enjoyed myself. I was very relaxed. Uh, had some very good uh, food. Yes. Huh? <laughs> What'd you say? Really? You food. Gonna... Oh my bad. What kind of food? <laughs> you gonna hit me with niggles? <laughs> <What's it? laughs> Um, no, I had a very good week. It was very productive. Um, I am in closure of a new position. Um, I don't want to say it yet. It's like fully closure of a new position. New position. Who yes. else talks like Thompson? It's only me. Niggas who read the read the thing a little bit. Yep. Um, I like to speak ironics, but you know, it is what it is. But um, yeah, nah. Like uh, on all seriousness, I am closing in uh, on a new position. Um, that I've applied for, and I'm hoping things go well. We're mm -hmm. gonna give me a final offer, and I'm doing Jesus Christ. My bad, bro. Phone away. Phone away, sir. But no, nah, um, I can't complain, man. Um, work was uh, work has been you know mediocre, but I'm really hoping that you know this position that I applied for, I get it. Uh, equals more pay, um, better opportunities, different growth. Um, you know, I want everybody to win. 
I'm hoping that, you know, circles back with myself. And uh, I re I realized that my so older... So everybody you hope is winning hopes... Everybody you hope is winning is somebody that you hope would wish... Will hope that you will win into. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Um, I think everybody deserves to win. And that's just my, my, my eyes. I just hope that, you know, other people should feel the same energy that I do. Yep. Um, <laughs> I realized that my brother is overprotective. I didn't realize he was that overprotective. I knew he was overprotective, but he's really overprotective. We had a very in-depth conversation. It's about life and in general. I'm and sorry. Is he overprotective or does he care? Overprotective. Um, he cares, but like the conversation I had with him, it was him being very overprotective. How? Um, normally our conversations last about 15, 20 minutes until like we kind of like, all right, cool, like you know we. We kind of dissipate that whole, oh, oh, you're doing good. Like, telling the African dad, I love you. Thank you. Like, nigga, say it back. <laughs> like, say it back. Like, uh, like we really had a very in-depth conversation just about life in general. And um, I know his mindset is different from mine. For, uh, his mindset is different from mine. Vice, and, you know, not vice versa, but obviously vice versa. But um, that nigga read me so fucking well, and it was fucking annoying. <laughs> I get it. Who can't read you well? No, this nigga read me to the T to the point where like some shit that you think you know, you don't know. Like he knows. Like he knows a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. He knows more shit than you do. As he should. But it's He's like He's your older brother. I know, but Blood. Like, it's one of those things where and you've like emulated him. It's one of those things that's stuff that I haven't spoken to him in a minute. And like he was able to like he was able to like detail be very detailed with certain events. In certain ways, I approach certain situations, and how he would approach it, how would I would approach it, and like for him to kind of recollect that or uh, recollection and whatnot, um, for me it was like surprising. I was like, oh shit, I didn't know you remember that. All right, oh shit, I didn't think you thought like that way, so on and so forth. So it was very, it was a very Brody moment that like, um, and it was well needed. Well, I, at first well I thought, you had a moment that reminded you that you guys lived most of your lives together. Not even say most of the lives, but just more so like, yo, like, nigga, like, we don't talk, we don't talk like that. We distance, because the, the age gap is eight years. So, like, when he was in college, I was in fucking middle school. So, like, shit like that, where it's, it's like, oh, well, how come you don't bring your little brother around? Oh, nah, he's different. Da, 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 da. It's like, no, I'm not different. Like, I have a different perspective of how you may see it as, but, like, doesn't mean, like, you can't school me on game. Like, I could have, if I really hung out with my brother when, like, in middle school, from middle school and him being in college, I would have a different mindset, of a mature, a little bit more of a mature mindset than others. But I wasn't really exposed to that. So now it's like someone playing catch up. And I hate to kind of say that because they was like, oh, like, damn, like, he didn't really care about you. That. Like, no, he did. It's just that his mind was like, oh, like, I'm still trying to figure this shit out as the oldest. I'm setting the grounds. Let me go through my shit and then tell you, like, I right, the do's and don'ts. So... With the eight-year time span, it's like, ah, I bet, like, I'm older, much wiser. Yes, I still have my tendencies, and yes, I still have my mindset, but, you know, if I could uh, direct you a certain way, cool. Our parents are going to direct us a certain way because they're, they're international parents, and they only know one way, and that's it. But I'm going to tell you because I was literally, like, the test dummy. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So it was very in-depth, very uh, seeing my brother get a little emotional and whatnot. Um, was very surprising because he's never emo he's not emotional at all. Um, he <laughs> age man, it gets so, everybody. So, 
So to kind of see him emotional was just like, oh shit, like nigga, you got feelings? Like that to me, that was like my biggest highlight. You had a week. sweet moment with your brother. Yeah. And then his dad in the same year. Yeah. So the tide he's is not training. being overprotected. He was being sweet. Yeah. 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 Wrong word. Well, yeah. But I will give you a lot of props for using a Scrabble Why word. Why is that the wrong word? Appropriately. <laughs> overprotected? Overprotective? Yeah. Was the wrong word. That's right. Duh, nigga. Uh, <laughs> you use dissipate right. And I'm proud of you. Mm. You said it kind of dissipate, and you even did the hand more than what? <laughs> Somebody's been using the Stephen A. Smith method. Get themselves seven words a day to, to read and look up. Thanks. I mean, shit. I'm proud of you, man. I appreciate it's Good y'all. stuff. Appreciate the pod. Unfortunately, I would have to transition. Yeah, this bitch ass nigga gotta go DJ. I <laughs> might, I might check him out with Bree. I might make Bree get dressed. You wash your ass. <laughs> you wash your ass, niggas. Oh, hey, shit. I would say the same shit to you. Did you wash your ass? I wash my ass. Yeah, you just came from fucking in another fuck, state. I didn't fuck you. Went straight crack open your truly. Chop it on your truly. Chop it on truly. Do you crack want it? Open. No. Crack open your truly. Why don't you close your ass crack? Because <laughs> I can it, see you. No, my ass crack is not open. Nigga, get out of here, bro. We're still recording. Oh, I'm sorry. Love y'all. Love, <laughs> love you. Kind of love, love you. Kind of like you. Peace, love, and chicken grease. Yes, chicken grease. Peace, love, and hair grease. No, chicken grease. Love. love. <laughs> Just remember love. I want to be with you. I want to be with love me. <laughs> anyway. Thought he'd never leave. (laughs) 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 What's going on with you, Bree? How's everything, man? Um, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Okay. Won't you be mine? Could you be mine? Would you still be my neighbor? Listen. That ass. Listen. It's a Bob Ross kind of day. Fortunate accidents. No. Um. I just That's have been protecting my peace by any means. Listen, man. And the devil doesn't get tired. Hell no. That nigga's working out right now, bruh. He got something for your ass. Listen. And when his sights are set, you got to stop moving. Moving. Kaboom. Liquid. Boom. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting week. Um. Got some things done, so I do feel accomplished. Word. Um, and I didn't get too triggered. And yeah, I survived. Mm. I cooked this week. Mm-hmm. Um, every day? Not every day. Four out of five? Four out of five. That's excellent, man. That's 80%. Good for you. And... No, I I just. I you don't want to get into detail, but you kind of do. I know that look on your face. Don't get into detail if you don't want to. That's fine. That's you had it. It was a solid week. You protected your peace. No one got choked. No one yeah, got doo doo boop. No one got three piece. No biscuit. No sides. Congrats. You know you need to be affirmed for not resorting to violence, verbally or physically, or emotionally via via verbally. Because I know you're capable of that too. So, yeah. <laughs> it's true. 
Right? It's fucking true, nigga. I'm not saying some shit that's surprising. Um, excellent. Thank you for that. Thank you for that check-in. Um, for me, it was a solid week, man. I think I told you earlier on in the week, Wednesday was, this past Wednesday was the first day in the last nine weeks I got to kind of just go to work and not be on. And that was a huge victory for me because I've had to be on with these young people that I'm training. And it's a lot. It's a whole fucking lot. Um, because they look to me for guidance on every little thing. <laughs> Things that are not even connected imagine or related to the people, like I don't I don't <laughs> I don't wanna imagine it because that's the reason why I don't work with them little niggas. Um and these are, you know, 18 to 24-year-olds. And, yeah, all of January, all of February, and first few week, the first week of March, I've had to be on. I've just had to support them at every given turn, question, asking me monkey-ass questions, and I got to provide them with answers that should be obvious. But Monkey-ass questions. Monkey-ass questions, bro. Like, I, I don't have tolerance for a lot of that shit in my real life. In my personal life, but at the job, it's like I've developed a skill where I'm able to legitimately have an unending supply of empathy and understanding. And I mean, obviously, it's within reason because I'm the type of nigga that will let you know, like, yo, that's some bullshit. With saying, yo, that's some bullshit, I'll say it like literally like that. And um, yes, it was just it was just a lot. So Wednesday felt really good because I just got to go into work. I didn't have to rush to eat my lunch because there was no group of six young adults coming in at one o'clock to fucking. Well, hey, what do we do? How do we do this? How do we do that? And it's like, oh my god, I just got to go into work, chit chat with my boss on and off throughout the whole fucking day catch up on emails, make some phone calls, stop putting things in order for other initiatives that we're trying to work on at our job. And it was just a really good day. Um, yeah, and it just felt good. So that is my check-in. Um, our first topic is more of... A breakdown of something that I said I was going to do last week that I didn't do last week. Um, but I am going to share this with you, Bree, because I think it is share-worthy and you'll appreciate it. So a, a couple weeks ago, I did an emotional intelligence test um, or EQI test. Um, and EQI 2.0. I'm, as I mentioned on the pod before, I'm part of the first cohort for the Equity Leadership Initiative. Part of being part of this leadership development cohort for the for the 12 months from 2021 to 2022 is doing an assessment on your um, cultural diversity awareness, your cultural diversity awareness in the workplace, emotional intelligence, strengths and weaknesses, all of these, you know. All of these stupid minds break. We're doing all these tests. We get coaches. We get mentors. We do workshops. We do all of this stuff. So in February, we did our emotional intelligence assessment. 
And this is through, you know, Multi-Health Systems Incorporated. They came up with, this is the second, this is the 2.0 module of intelligence, emotional intelligence. And for folks who are not aware, the five components of emotional intelligence are self-perception, stress management, self-expression, decision-making, and interpersonal. Uh, interpersonal. So I'll read really quick, like the book, uh, I'll try to read really quick, the bullets that are in each one. So self-perception is self-regard, respecting oneself or understanding and accepting one's strengths and weaknesses. Self-regard is often associated with feelings of inner strength and self-confidence. The th second bullet under self-perception is self-actualization. The willingness to persistently try to improve oneself and engage in the pursuit of personal, of uh, 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 pursuit of personally relevant and meaningful objectives that lead to a rich and enjoyable life. The third bullet under self-perception is emotional self-awareness, which includes recognizing and understanding one's own emotion, uh, emotions. This includes the ability to differentiate between uh, subtleties and one's own emotions while understanding the cause of these emotions and the impact they have on one's own thoughts and actions and those of others. Bree, do you have any questions? No? Okay. No, if you don't have any questions, we're gonna keep going. Stress management. First bullet under stress management. Flexibility, adapting emotions, thoughts and behaviors to unfamiliar, unpredictable and dynamic circumstances or ideas. That is the first bullet, flexibility under stress management. The, uh, the, the second bullet is stress tolerance. That involves coping with stressful or difficult situations and believing that one can manage or influence situations in a positive manner. The third bullet is optimism. Optimism is an indicator of one's positive attitude and outlook on life. It involves remaining hopeful and resilient despite occasional, uh, occasional setbacks. Sound familiar? Pew! Self-expression. Mm. First bullet is emotional expression. Openly uh, is openly um, expressing one's feelings verbally and non-verbally. The second bullet is assertiveness. Involves communicating feelings, beliefs, and thoughts openly, and defending personal rights and values in a socially acceptable and non-offensive and non-destructive manner. Again, that is assertiveness. And the third bullet under self-expression is independence. The ability to be self-directed and free from emotional dependency on others. Decision-making, planning, and daily tasks are completely autonomous, meaning for the listeners that you do them shit yourself. Um, Decision-making, the fourth uh, component of emotional and social functioning. Um, the first bullet under decision-making, problem-solving, the ability to find solutions to problems and situations where emotions are involved. Problem-solving includes the ability to understand how emotions impact decision-making. The second bullet is reality testing. Reality testing is the capacity to remain objective by seeing things as they really are. This capacity involves recognizing when emotional emotions or personal bias can cause one to be less objective. The third bullet under decision-making is impulse control. The ability to resist or delay an impulse, drive or temptation to act and involves avoiding rash behaviors and decision-making. And the fifth component of emotional and social functioning, well-being and performance is interpersonal. 
Interpersonal, the first bullet is interpersonal relationships, referring to the skill of developing and maintaining mutually satisfying relationships that are characterized by trust and compassion. The second bullet is empathy, recognizing, understanding, and appreciating how other people feel. Empathy involves being able to articulate your understanding of, of another's perspective and behaving in a way that respects others' feelings. The, the third and final bullet for interpersonal is social responsibility, a willingness to contribute to society, to one's social groups, and generally to the welfare of others. Social responsibility involves acting responsibly, having social consciousness, and showing concern for the greater community. So those are the five components of emotional intelligence, emotional, social functioning, well-being, performance, and... I was, the assessment is ask you questions in all five of those categories. You take the questions. I think it was 75 questions. Um, before I get into my results, I just want to let the listeners and Brianna know that when I had my one-on-one session with the facilitator slash coach that led this exercise last week, she told me that She's never seen anybody be so clearly on one side or the other in terms of my answers to the questions. She said, typically, a lot of people test in the middle or there's a little bit of all three categories. So this is one of those assessments where it's like agree, I strongly agree, agree, not sure or in the middle, disagree, right, strongly, so disagree. Like this. Yes, more of a wave. I'm not that nigga. But so folks know the the 75 questions, the answers were strongly agree, agree, um, in the middle, like neutral. Yeah, neutral was the actual word that was on the assessment. Disagree, strongly disagree. So she was like, you were really either strongly agree or strongly disagree. There was maybe like three or four questions where you picked in the middle. Or just agree. Like one question you picked, agree, and two when you're in the middle. And I've never seen that happen before. So my total ELI score, I think the total score is um, out of a 150. Um, 150 being the highest you can possibly get. Um, My score was a 130. My total score was a 130. Out of zero, zero to 150, it was... A 130, which is on the fucking, like, it's crazy. So anyway, self-perception composite, the first category, and all the the self, self, for the self-perception composite, in terms of self, uh, well, self-perception composite, the score for that was a 129. Um, My self-regard score, respecting oneself confidence, was a 121 out of 150. Um... Self-actualization was pursuit of meaning, self-improvement, 124. Um, Emotional self-awareness, understanding one's own emotions, 132. Um, Under the self-expression composite, that score was a 134. Emotional expression, constructive uh, expression of emotions, 129. Assertiveness, communication, feelings, beliefs, non-offensive, 130. Uh, independent, self-directed, free from emotional dependency, 121. Um, moving down to the third, which was 
interpersonal composite, overall, my score was a 126. Uh, in terms of interracial, inter, interracial cuff, interpersonal relationships, mutually satisfying relationships, I scored at a 119. Um, empathy, understanding, appreciating how others feel, I scored at a 121. Uh, social responsibility, social consciousness, and being helpful, I scored at a 129. Um, going down to the fourth, which is decision-making composite. Problem solving, well, decision-making composite overall, I scored a 123. For problem solving, finding solutions when emotions are involved, I scored a 110. And I think that is my second to lowest score out of the five. Uh, reality testing, uh, being objective, seeing things as they really are. I scored a 134. Reality testing, objective, seeing things, 134. Impulse control, resist, uh, my ability to resist or delay impulse to act. Scored a 111. Didn't surprise me at all. None of these scores surprised me, by the way. Um, stress management composite overall was a 117. When it comes to flexibility, adapting emotions, thoughts, and behaviors, I scored a 102, which is mid-range. Um, so problem solving, impulse control, flexibility, I scored in the mid-range. Everything else was in the high range, like end of mid-range, early high range, or high range. Uh, stress tolerance, coping with stressful situations, I scored a 123. Uh, optimism, positive attitude, and outlook on life. I scored a 116. Um, and then it goes into each one. Like it goes, it breaks down each one. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and see. Self regard was a 121. Self actualization was a 124. Uh, but there's like paragraphs on each one. And I read through this whole thing. I gotta read through it again. Um, but it, it's a lot. Um, you know, self actualization, self actualization was a 124. Pursuit of meaning and self improvement, which is accurate. Again, very accurate. Respecting oneself and confidence was a 121. That's uh, self regard. I I fuck with that. Uh, emotional self-awareness, understanding own, own own emotions. There's like the impact that it has on work and the social and behavioral implications for each one. There's like, you know, what it would do, what what this skill does for you in the job and blah, blah, blah. But um, I'm not going to read all that because I will be here all fucking night. It's a 19-page assessment. Um, but my emotional self-awareness, again, was, and then that stands for understanding my own emotions, I'm at a 132 out of 150 on the scale. Super high. Emotional expression. Constructive expression of my emotions. I'm at a 129. Assertiveness. Communicating feelings, beliefs, and non-offensive. 130 overall. Independence. Uh, Self-directed. Free from emotional dependency. 121. I'm just going to read it all again. So, folks, I know I already read some of these, but I'm going to read them again. And these numbers are a little different. Interpersonal relationships, mutually satisfying relationships, 119. Uh, empathy, understanding, appreciating how others feel, 121. Social responsibility, social consciousness, being helpful, 129. Uh, problem solving, find solutions when emotions are involved, 110. Again, not surprising at all, because if niggas get emotional, I have no intention of trying to help them find, so, like solve a problem. Reality testing, 134. Impulse control, 111. And impulse control is resisting or delaying impulse to act. Flexibility, 102. 
Yeah, it's just like it's the same shit. It's What's just broken. It's, it's called the emotion EQI 2.0. EQI 2.0 from Multi Health Systems Incorporated. You got to pay for it though. It's like a $175 assessment. So, I didn't have to pay for it cuz I'm in the ELI, but so yeah, man, that shit was crazy and all of these emotional intelligence um composites are connected and relevant to your ability to be successful in the workplace. And I shared my intercultural development assessment results from my IDI assessment maybe four months ago, back in October. So this is the second assessment that we've done. I think we're doing one more in the month of May. But um, yeah, like freaking... I was I wasn't surprised by any of this. She was, and she asked me a bunch of questions and was like, Well, what do you do? And like why tell me this and da 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 and she was so intrigued. My she's she hasn't seen it before. And also I don't think she was expecting me to give her answers to her questions that were accurate and on cue with my my scores, my test results. Because some people just, you know, fuck around. But I really am I really am a reality tester. Like I don't, I'm not gonna stress things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you how it is. Like if I see a situation, like I know how to respond to it appropriately. That's just how I've always been. You know what I mean? Like I looked at my flexibility when it comes to stress managing, and that was my lowest score. It was a 102. Um, adapting emotions, thoughts, and behaviors. Right. I associate my flexibility in my personal life as a completely separate thing from my professional life. My professional life, I'm flexible as fuck because it's not about me. It's about the, the end goal. Whatever the end goal is for that day, whatever the end goal is for that week, whatever the end goal is for that month, whatever the end goal is for that project, I'm going to be flexible because it's not about Wale. Wale doesn't matter. It's about whatever the project is. Whoever the whatever the project is for whatever the client is, or if it's for my job specifically, like where I work, then I'm flexible all day. But in my own personal life, I have zero tolerance. I have zero tolerance for fuckery. You guys know this. I say this all the time. So I'm not going to be flexible. When I have my mind made up, that's what it is. Now, if that prevents me from like hanging out and spending time with people, oh, well. Kinda didn't want to hang with a bunch of y'all niggas anyway. Or maybe I wanted to hang with a couple of y'all, but you hang with one person that you may or may not know that I don't like. And instead of me telling you that because you fucking love them and that's your people and, you know, I just let it be what it is. And I distance myself. I do that all the time. And that is an example of me being non-flexible. Now, problem solving was also my second lowest score. A 110. Finding solutions when emotions aren't when emotions are involved. I don't problem solve because I'm not flexible in my personal life. I don't like to problem solve for things when it's not con- directly related to me. I'm not doing it. But if it's for other people, I still might not do it. Like I, I'll, I'll listen. I'll offer if it's asked. But if it's related to me. You've seen it. Geo. I'm not solving that problem. 
that's his problem. I'm good. I'm not being flexible on my values. You said some shit. You did some shit. And you try to make it seem like I, it was me. On some straight up personal deflection, you know, lack of accountability nonsense. So why the fuck would I go out of my way to solve this issue? Why would I be flexible with you and give you this leeway like, oh, there was some wrong on my part when if you would have asked me why what was said was said, I would have told you straight up, this was the reasoning behind it. But you didn't do that. You took somebody's word that you've known for 45 days over the word of somebody that you've known for a decade and you went with their shit and jumped out the window. So why the fuck would I be flexible and want to hear what you have to say? Why would I even want to negotiate a, a possible response? No, I don't have time for that. You're done. Bye. See you later. I wish you the best, but you go that way now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So all of these scores make fucking perfect sense to me. And I gave her multiple examples of saying, I'm like, interpersonal relationships, like, nobody in my life at this stage is going to be in my life if I don't feel like there's a mutual benefit to both of us being in each other's lives. Mm. That math just makes sense to me. That math is mathing. Why the fuck would I do that? That's why people are stressed now. I'm not stressed about anything. My blood pressure is all the way low. The way that I eat, it should be sky high, but I'm not stressed. Because stress contributes to that shit when you have a poor diet. And I'm not stressed. I haven't been, I can't, I just tell my boss the other day, or yesterday, I, I can't even tell you the last time I was stressed. I was going to have the last night. I can't even, I can't even tell you. I literally do not care. Some people say that and care about everything. I don't care. I don't. I really wish I did, kind of, but I don't because I want to know why other people care so much. But I don't care. Anyway, going back to another one. Um, like the reality test and shit, you know this. I'm objective. I'm objective. I'm as objective as it comes. And I do see things as they really are. And I point. I paint the pictures just like that, like, here's what it is. Here's how you're viewing it, but like, this is the this is the raw. Now you can either accept it and learn to navigate and live with it, or you can make adjustments and figure out how to get out of this situation. That shit is crazy. Like that, the fact that that's my highest score is like, nigga, really? Um, Stress tolerance, coping with all day, 123. That's all day. What was another really high one? Self-expression. The no emotional, constructive expression of emotion. I share my emotions all the goddamn time. And I know I'm assertive in how I communicate my feelings, beliefs in in in, in a non-offensive manner. Like this is this is crazy. Emotional self-awareness. I know who the fuck I am. I know my own biases. I know when I don't like somebody. I just I feel it. And I've, you have one of the most clear examples of that. When it comes to my ability to not be flexible and not negotiate and not like want to solve a problem with another human being, you have one of the latest examples. And I sat there and I watched the fucking house burn down because it's not my responsibility to say, hey, you know what? You shouldn't, you shouldn't play that person close at all. You shouldn't play them close at all because that person is not a good person. And her sign, Taurus, Taurus, nigga, really? I'm probably the only Taurus out here that's like, that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. Wrong is wrong. 
And some of y'all niggas is out here being dickheads because you want to blame it on your fucking astrological sign. Because you're a piece of shit. So many people out here are doing that now. Oh, it's the way the moon is today. It's retrograde. Are you, nigga, are you, what? What? Fuck out of here. Um, yeah, man. Like, I, I just, I, I, I just don't. I don't, I don't subscribe to self-actualization, pursuit of meaning, self-improvement, 124. Man, I'm mad at myself that I haven't listened to an audio book in two weeks. It actually bothers me because that shit puts me in a space where it's like, oh, wow. Damn. I needed to hear that, even though I kind of had my own version of that in my head. I wouldn't have worded it the way that this author wrote it. And now that I'm rereading it and listening to it and playing it back and like going back 15 seconds and hearing it again, it's like, ooh, that's a bar, nigga. That's a bar. How can I? Whew. But, and then the last one I'll go over um, self regard, respecting one's self confidence, 121 out of 150. Accurate. All the way the fuck accurate. So, I'm going to be quiet now. I was wanted to do this last week. I totally forgot about it. We got roped in, me and Cool going back and forth about the dunk stuff. By the way, listeners, whoever is returning from last week's episode or the last few episodes, I apologize because I was dead wrong about the dunk contest shit. It, like, it, I was dead wrong. Like, super wrong. And I just wanted to come back here and, you know... Circle back and apologize to y'all niggas again because I was yelling at Koo for mad minutes. Like, I knew what the fuck I was talking about. And I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. I was wrong as fuck. And we kind of addressed it on the pod, but just wanted to let y'all niggas know again I was wrong as shit. Uh, but, Bree, your reaction to my emotional intelligence scores. Let me pull them back up. Why you are contemplating and smiling and doing the Bree Bree smirk. I think. That's really interesting. I wonder who came up with it and what went into that. Several psychologists, I I assume. Yeah, it definitely feels like a collaboration Mm -hmm. amongst a a bunch of things. It's like they put together what sounds like a very in-depth and this shit is this shit is amazing. And this... I I haven't really heard of anything like this. Like there's a difference between like the Myers Briggs and all that stuff. Man, yeah, that shit's happen. trash. This is fire. This one is just like, and who came up with it? Like, who was it? What's their names? I don't know. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Multi Health Systems Incorporated. You just got to look up Multi Health System Multi Dash Systems Incorporated, and you'll figure it out. And it's, you know, EQI 2.0. It's the EQI 2.0. Um, Multi-what? Multi-systems incorporated. EQI 2.0. Assess, predict, perform. And it's about workplace emotional intelligence. Um, this is definitely my favorite ever assessment to do. And it was the most valuable. And I'm going to stick with this forever because... At 32, I don't think this is going to change any more than it already is. This is who I am. This is who I am. In the workplace, in person, in, in real life, this is who I am. And I'm pretty fucking proud of it. Like, there's nothing. And this is part of the reason why I sent you, you know you, email I sent you. No, it's crazy. 
I didn't. I was like, I'm gonna read. I read through the email. I skimmed through it, and I was like, I need, I need a second, cause like, the devil's hard at work. What email? The email I sent you? Yeah. I started reading it, and I was like, okay. I went to watch the video, and I was like, about to fall asleep. Not even about to put it on. But um. Why were you about to fall asleep? It's a rough week. Got it. Um. So you didn't watch the promo video yet? Not yet. Got it. I think you'll. You'll find it useful, man. <sighs> but yeah, man. So I think that was really. I I like that. I liked it. I loved it. I loved yeah, it. Good. And I like when people have their perceptions. Landing in the high percentile, huh? Huh? Said landing in the high percentile, huh? When it comes to these emotions, but you've been around me, what, four years now? Yeah, it's been four years. 2018 was the mayor. You know how I am. That shit, I'm reading it, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, ah. And then when the coach wanted to meet with me about it, she was like, Ole, tell me about, is there any questions that you have about your test results? I was like, no. I think, well, this seems pretty accurate. Every single one of these, it makes sense to me. And she was like, really? You don't have any? I was like, well, you know. And then, like I said, the flexibility, I'm like, so let me tell you about my my ability to be flexible. I said, you know, Miss So and So, in the workplace, I'm the most flexible person you ever meet. On a team, I'm open. I want to hear your take, your opinion. I want to know how you would approach this. I want to I want to know from everybody. If I'm on a team of six, and there's like if we're at a conference. And it's 500 people at the conference and we all break into, we all go into breakout rooms and it's 10 people in each breakout room. I want to listen to the first nine before I even give my opinion on anything, because I know at any given moment, I can take over the conversation and be seen as the leader, the vocal leader of that group. I know that. I know that with this program, with the ELI, that's why I sit back and I just listen because there's more power in listening. I get to connect all of the dots. And circle back to all the similarities. In the last six months, there have been so many people, women of color, who have said the same thing. Just they've said they've they've shared the same experience, just a different version of it because they're not the same person at different places in the workforce, in different industries, and have shed tears. But it happens every single month, like shed tears because of how sad and sick they are of the bull stuff of the bullshit and like feeling invisible and not having a voice it happens every single class and i feel bad my empathy comes out because i feel like a piece of shit because i don't have that as much as i don't get the money that i deserve my boss doesn't either and as long as he's suffering and living paycheck to paycheck with me my nigga <laughs> i can stay there because she got to do what I got to do. She's doing the exact same thing. But now we're in a position, finally, after all this COVID nonsense, where 
we're like one contract away from being at the salary that we deserve and locking it in for years to come and also being able to bring in new staff members to pay them to do the same, right? And that's, that's part of the sacrifice. But in my seven years here, or my almost seven years here, I've never felt like my voice didn't matter. I never felt like uh, I wasn't valued as an employee. I've never felt like I couldn't just go to her and have a conversation, albeit it might make her uncomfortable because she listens. It's not just on our website that we listen to understand. She fucking really listens. And she applies it and she's willing to learn and be educated just like I'm willing to learn and be educated. It's a value that we both share. So when these women are saying, you know, I have this mediocre white guy supervising me, he's also a lawyer. But like anytime they're talking about equity and you know, anytime they're talking about how they're going to get a certain message out uh, about new laws that are changing within city within the city da, 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 and how are they going to get, you know, people of color to understand it in the black and brown community? Everybody looks at me because the other people on the team are all white lawyers. And I'm the only black one. And I happen to be African. And I happen to be a Muslim. So I check off three boxes. Black, female, Muslim. Like African, female, Muslim. You know what I'm saying? I don't have that. I don't have that at all. I don't even know what that feels like. I haven't felt like a token in seven years. That's real. That's real shit. I feel like a necessity. That's a bar, niggas. I feel like a necessity. I feel like without me, the car don't start. The ship ain't moving. I'm a fucking necessity out here. I know that. I know that. I was having a conversation with uh, Lizzie, our mutual friend. Last week or the week before, and she was like, yo, well, ain't no, not for nothing like your boss is, like, she's lucky to have you. Like, you've been loyal. And I said, yeah, I'm a fucking soldier, nigga. The way that I move and the way that I carry this shit in the workforce, in the workplace, I'm loyal to the motherfuckers I'm loyal to. If you're, if you're solid, solid in the black and brown community and the white community is the word integrity. We talk about it all the time. If you're solid, I got you, dog. You never got to worry. And when somebody who's not solid says you're not solid, trust me, I'm going to make it a project of mine to hang around them in every scenario I can. I'm going to be like, word, they did that? Nah. Yo, what you doing this weekend? Well, let's go out. Let's go to the bar. I'll go out and hang with you on a personal level. You don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm sizing you up the whole time. I'm seeing how you carry yourself in the social environment. I'm seeing if you're going to pick up a check or you know, order a round of drinks. I'm seeing how you're interacting with other people. I'm looking at how you're dressed. I'm looking at how you speak to people who have to serve you. I'm doing all of that because you called one of my people that I've known five, ten years out on their integrity. I got to see if you're on that same wavelength. And if in the event that you do match up and you are solid. I need to ask you straight up, what happened between y'all two? Was it sex? Some real personal shit? Was it ego? You know, ego will fuck up a friendship like that. I need to know. Because why would you diss XYZ? You know what I'm saying? Because it's ego why I don't talk to Jill no more. That's all his ego. Ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm blessed. Well, look at where we at, nigga, pregame studios. Two years in a row. 
High five. Up top. We're chilling. We got a new third. He don't got to be on here with us no more. No, not him. I'm talking about Gio. He was our third, our temporary third. Then we got Frank. Yeah, he was. We was recording at his house. I never really seen him. He was never there. He was supposed to be. That's the thing. He was doing this. You could just use my apartment. I'll be there when I be there. He's too busy out and about having sex with, with strangers. You know what I'm saying? He was there more than the nigga that was our third at the time. You know what I'm saying? So, at the end of the day, she got hair in a drink, ladies and gentlemen. That's just nasty. But it's her own hair, so I don't feel that bad. Um, <laughs> From that good weave that she got on her scalp. Um, But, yeah, yo. Yeah, man. That's what it is, bro. That's what it is. It's like, like I'm a necessity out here in these streets. Motherfuckers need me. I know, oh, yo, yo, I've been talking about No, nigga, I'm necessary. For, in order for this shit to even go, I'm necessary. Motherfuckers got to understand their value. We think of everything in a negative. You know what I'm saying? We like to paint pictures and say, oh, uh, you know, I'm the only da 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 I feel zero pressure being the predominantly only, the, the, in the predominantly white spaces to be the only black. Like last night I had to facilitate a meeting with a bunch of people from my neighborhood about this makeshift homeless shelter. And everybody in the room, with the exception of like four people, were people of color. It's 27 people. Only four were white. And two of them, hey, no, three were white. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I was, I was right. The first, like, four were white. And I'm moderating this conversation, and I was patting myself on the back, yo, because I never have, I've never facilitated and moderated a community conversation that had the, the potential to just blow the fuck up and get really contentious and people screaming and yelling at each other. I facilitated it so well because I laid the ground rules and I told them what I expected. And I said, I would like everybody to have an opportunity to speak. One voice. Please try your best to not talk over somebody. There are going to be things that are said here that might offend somebody or make you feel some type of way. I want you to do your best to restrain yourself and not respond. Wait your turn. Raise your hand if you want to speak. Blah, blah, blah. I said all of this shit to these adults. I got people in there that are my elders two, three times over. And they all respected my rules because I was very firm and respectful in my tone and the way I delivered how the meeting had to go. I'm also the nigga who sent out the email in the first place to have the meeting be where it's at. And I also had even more power because I made it. I made the meeting happen in my space. You know what I'm saying? But like, that's not why I'm proud of my, why, why I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself because there were several things that were said. I'm like, what the fuck that I wanted to come back. But I went back to, it ain't about you, Ole. It's about what this person is saying right now. And they need to say this to this whole room because everybody's feeling some type of way about this particular space. And you don't need to add any fuel to the fire because I'm sure 90% of the people in the room feel the exact same way that you do. So if I, by this person expressing themselves and saying something that's the opposite of what the consensus is, they're going to get attacked anyway. And by me... Knowing that and not being impulsive, I was absolutely right. Because as soon as that person stopped talking, there were four hands up like this, ready to respond and be like, look at the fucking socks. They were ready and I didn't have to do shit. 
And once I read, and that was like 10, 20 minutes, 10, 15 minutes in, I was like, really, all I really had to do was moderate. I don't have to do shit else. I got to keep up my alpha hands and I got to pick on the people and try to do my best to keep it in order. And everybody spoke. All 27 people had an opportunity to speak. It was a two and a half hour meeting, Bree. That meeting was so long that I got to go into work an hour and a half late today. For real. Like, my boss was like, she said she was, I had to call her and give her an update. That's another half hour with them. <laughs> so she was like, come in at 1030. We'll meet at 1030. I have this to do in the morning. I have that to do in the morning. But since she was there, come in at 1030. And I said, thank you. Bet. I was going to do it anyway. I was going to ask anyway. If she didn't offer it, I was going to ask. Because closed mouths don't get fed out here in these streets. But, like, those are the things that I'm talking about. It's a very hostile environment for certain individuals. And motherfuckers trying to, like, rely on everyone else's humanity to validate a space that was turned into a shelter that has no running heat, no running fucking gas, uh, no running heat, no running water, uh, no, no electric, like, no real, like, electric, like, nothing for... Like, no mattresses on the floor, no beds, no bed frames, clothes donations all over the place, exits blocked because there's donations against the exits, fucking all kinds of wild shit, bottles of alcohol, nips and shit all over the place, like people urinating on the side of the building, needles and shit all around the building. And this is a, this is supposed to be a one-time thing. On the coldest day of the winter, this space was open so five people can sleep. And have a place where they couldn't be, they didn't have to be outside freezing, and it turned into a homeless shelter. And you got all the people that are volunteering there. Ninety nine percent of them are homeless, minus the one motherfucker whose idea it was to turn it into a temporary shelter in the first place. And they're giving us all of this rah rah. Oh, I live in the space. I'm a volunteer. Oh, I live in the space, and like, I just want to let you know that. And I'm like. No one really cares about that shit, bruh. They about to poke holes all in your logic because the elders don't want it there. And if the elders don't want it there, it ain't going to exist there for much longer. And then there was one dude, the white guy, the one white guy who, there's a white dude who built this beautiful house that looks like it should be in fucking Narragansett. He built it in back of this fucking shitty ass. In private, this is a beautiful house. He paid like $280,000 for the land. He built this house. Well, he built the house. He, built, he paid fifty grand for the land, $280,000 for the house. Him and his wife were there. And then he was like running down this list of stuff. He said a homeless shelter cannot be in a zone in Providence by law in a zone that's uh, R3 zone or R3R R zone, the zone 3R or R3, whatever the fuck it was. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that. I had no idea. And the reason why I can't be in a zone... R3 or zone R3R is because there's a school within a hundred yards of it. And literally the uh, the daycare and the school is right up the road. It's right there. You can toss a fucking pebble and hit both the school and the daycare at the same time. So that makes perfect sense. And with this information being known and being put out there to this other, to the other 26 people in the meeting, these motherfuckers are still like, well, we're doing this and we're doing that. And da-da-da-da. we don't want to hear that no more. We already heard that it's illegal for it to exist. So it's going to get shut down. I don't give a fuck what you say. I don't give a fuck how good the work is that you're doing. We love you. We love you for it. Your heart is huge. Da da da. Affirm your feelings. Give you a fucking gold sticker. Put down your chest. You got one month. Shut it the fuck down.
That's it. That's it. That's it. No homeless shelters can exist in Rhode Island or Providence in a R3 zone. That's an R3 zone. What is an R3 zone? An R3 zone is a zone where there is a school within 100 yards of the shelter. You start doing more digging. What? Why Why can't a homeless shelter be near a school? Because some folks that are homeless are PTSD veterans. Some people that are homeless are sex offenders. Man. A lot. And you want sex offenders near kids? Kids that are in kindergarten through fifth grade? No. So that's all there is to it. You got to shut it down. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I'm shutting up because I talked a lot. I talked for like the last 30 minutes and your high ass is going to have to get it off. You got 20 minutes to make up. (laughs) At least 20. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was interesting. What? My rant? Yeah. (laughs) This nigga high as shit. This is why we need a drunk coot to balance stuff. <laughs> Asshole. Continue. I think watching people interact in their best interest is interesting from like the front row seat and as a moderator you get a front seat. For sure. 100%. Hell yeah. And that's the best seat. I want all of that. I wanna, I wanna see you motherfuckers talk and see how people react to one another and stuff. That's that's a powerful shit. It's a powerful shit. What else you got? Do you have anything that you would like to talk about today before I ask my question? I want to talk about. How even in war, especially in war, countries reveal their true nature. Yep. Because when you think about what's going on in the Ukraine Mm -hmm. and how far they say, they say that we've gotten as a society, not as the country, but as a society. Yep. They treat the people they feel like are less than. In times of need. In Ukraine, they're saying white people get on a train, black people wait. Yeah, yep. Regardless of who got there first. Yep, yep. Mm Mm-hmm. And you wanted to talk about the war last week. Got to call your ass out. I was like, nope, I ain't talking about it because it's white folk, killing white folk. I don't care. I want to wait. And I'm glad that we waited because three days later... Nigerians, Ghanaians, Ethiopians, all of these students that are going to school there. I don't even what like I didn't even know Ukraine had a, a, a university that was popping like that. You can't get on the train. We can't get on the train. Blocking them so white folk can get on the train and get the fuck out of the country. Some raggedy shit. Last week I wanted to talk about the potential implications of war and where we stood. Listen, I don't want us to be any, anywhere near it because it has nothing to do with us. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with us. And that's just like the UN and NATO getting nosy and being in, like, that shit's stupid, bro. That shit's real dumb. 
so many people had comments and made statements. And the interactions between the, the countries is really interesting. In what way? Like, there, there will be no war unless, like, certain people step in. Like who? Like China. China on behalf of Russia. Whichever side. Nah, if they step in, they're stepping in for Russia. They comment communist countries. Um, we wouldn't do that though. We get mad shit from China. It would be an obliteration of the Ukraine. They go night night, and it would be tragic. It would be a genocide, because Biden isn't gonna fuck with. He's not going to war with China. They get they know karate. They know karate, and they are literally responsible for like over forty percent of our export. Our our export import like at least forty percent. We're talking furniture. We're talking uh, natural resources. We're talking fucking seafood, fish, and shit. It's all from them. We're not. It's not happening. Nope. It's not happening. We're not about that life. Canada and the Chinese, Japanese, we can't fuck with them. Their military, different. Like, they really do this shit. And kill you, you know, ever see Kill Bill Volume 2? The five point, the five palm finger, heart explosion, death shit. They know how to do shit like that with their bare hands. Don't let them run up on one of these little 18 year old soldiers fresh out of it. And them niggas is dead, bro. <laughs> I got my, I got my money on Lee Howe over Caleb Blake from fucking Situate. That nigga's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting my money on Lee Howe from fucking Shanghai over any of them niggas from over here. Even fucking Terrell. Terrell Johnson. is That nigga dying. 27-year-old Terrell Johnson. Been in the military six years. He's going to die to the hands of Lee Wan, who's 19 from whatever province in China. It's, it's just different. Them niggas... They, Martial arts is part of their fucking gymnastics. That's their PE. <laughs> we can't even get kids to wear the uniform, <laughs> to wear the sweatpants. We can't. We can't get them to do it. And then we got gym gym teachers that are fucking out of shape them damn selves, making them run laps. You can't even run two. You're going to make these kids run five laps, nigga. Fuck out of here. Martial arts is in the curriculum, nigga. They're, they're literally for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Niggas is brown belts by the time they get out of fucking elementary K through five. It's not the same, bro. And them Canadian uh, rangers that they got up there, it's the same shit. Some bad motherfuckers, bro. Kill you and leave you in the bathroom. No one will ever hit a gunshot because they snap your fucking neck. So, yeah, the U.S. ain't fucking with China. We're not fucking with China. We don't fuck with Russia, but we don't, we're don't. we not fucking with China. China got more money, more resources, by themselves, alone, 
than Russia. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like one of those things where... The economic sanctions and things like that is like people saying like, yo, chill out. People from where? Saying Different yo. countries. A bunch of countries are saying that. To China or to us? To Russia. Yeah. They're bugging. They, they're mad that they don't have control anymore. Like somebody broke it down as like a relationship. You know, Ukraine was dating Russia. Russia was a toxic motherfucker. Russia was telling Ukraine what to do. Ukraine wasn't having it. They dealt with it for X amount of years. I think it was like 25, 30 or whatever. And they finally got the courage to leave and they left. They started thriving. Russia hit Ukraine with the hey big head tax. Ukraine was like, fuck out of here, nigga. We better, we, we, we better and we brilliant. We moved on. And Russia was like, if you don't respond to my text, I'm going to come to your house. And Ukraine said, you do it, motherfucker. You do what you got to do. Do it. You do what you got to do. And now Russia's there. And the whole world is watching. But do I give a fuck that a bunch of Europeans are killing other Europeans? No. I didn't care last Friday when you wanted to talk about it. And I really don't care now that they're treating Africans. They're still racist pieces of shit. Black is still bad. Brown is still bad. I Obviously, I feel some type of way. Well, the oh. only reason why you would be interested in that because you would be interested in which company, I mean, which company, which country cares and why. You were right. Which company? Because um, what companies run us? You said it. And why. Exactly. Yep. And what those implications mean for where we are in society. Mm-hmm. You can tell a lot about people and how they operate in war. For sure. And who they choose to fight with in war. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if this was a street matter and the Ukraine was an acquaintance of ours that we went to high school with, that we fucked with, they minded their own business, they kept their head down, but we knew Russia was a motherfucker who had mad popularity and we didn't really fuck with him because we thought Russia was arrogant. And then out of nowhere, he decided to just bully Ukraine in the middle of the fucking hallway. And we we, we don't hang with Ukraine all the time. We invited them out, but they never really pulled up. You know, we invited them on the pod. We invited them to our reading group and shit like that. And they attended, like, one event. They came through and, you know, they came to, like, one reading group. Read a couple chapters, talked about the book with us, To Kill a Mockingbird. You know what I'm saying? But we always, like, if Ukraine, if Ukraine needed something, we, hey, Ukraine, you good today? I'm all right. I mean, we're about to go to the coffee shop after school. You want to come through? Have a latte with us. Like, that's who Ukraine is. Russia's, like, the popular kid. Fucking jock. Three-sport athlete. Letterman. Varsity jacket on. Arrogant as hell. Having sex in ninth grade with senior bitches. Just starts fucking with Ukraine. We're also seniors. Ukraine's a sophomore. We ain't standing for it. That's our sophomore. If anybody's going to disrespect Ukraine, it's going to be Brian Well. It's going to be the PGP crew. You know what I'm saying? But we step up and like, yo, Russia, you wildin', nigga. What's wrong with you? Ukraine don't bother nobody. Everybody loves Ukraine. 
Everybody, you know what I mean? Like, everybody, motherfuckers go there for vacation. What are you fucking, no one goes to your fucking country for Why are you fucking with Ukraine, nigga? I don't like the way that they look. And now, you know what I'm saying? We used to, we, we used to date and they, wait, you're a widow, nigga. You're 17. You were dating a 15-year-old? Widow? Like, you just got to start talking, you know what I mean? Like, you think about it in those terms, Russia's a cornball, nigga. They are. And you got this goofy-ass nigga, Russia, is doing a good job. This guy's doing so much to keep his attention going. It's so annoying. I, I really want him to just croak and drop dead in his sleep. Knock on wood that it happens. I've never wished death upon anybody. That dude can die right now. I can see an alert on my phone, and I would smile. Because some people are that evil and just deserve death. They don't. Even, he don't even deserve to breathe the air that we breathe. That shit is a privilege. He doesn't deserve that privilege. But I don't know why the fuck I went on that tangent, but I did. It's on the pod. It's recorded. Hope people love it. Hour and 28 minutes in. Um, yeah. You had a different question. I sure did. Could you date somebody who was very, very close with their ex-partner? Could you be in a committed relationship with somebody who was still super close with an ex-partner? I guess... I guess it depends. Everybody's level of what that looks like depends on how close they want to be that person and how close they think other people should be relative to them. The ex or you to the current? What? The ex or like the, no, are you the talking current. about your partner with the ex or you to your partner? You to your partner. Okay. So everybody has their level. And you feel like you'd be comfortable with the level that your ex would have, I mean, that your current would have with their ex. You would want it to be more than the level that you have with them? No. You would want it to be less. Isn't that what differentiates the levels of relationship? <sighs> Not necessarily. Not even a little bit. Mm-mm. Really? So... Go back to my emotional intelligence thing. I kept it up. I figured we'd have to revisit it. So let's just say your current partner is really good at solving problems under the decision-making composite with their ex, but is deficient in solving problems with you. That's an emotional awareness trait that they have with this person, but it's absent when it comes to you. Let's say uh, they're really quick to be upset and dismissive of things that you want to do, but are really optimistic and open anytime their ex, who is now their friend, brings up something that's similar and they turn it down with you two weeks prior 
but they're accepting that they'll do it with their ex. They have that flexibility with them, but not with you. These are all, these are all red flags. Mm. So bringing it back and going off of this, because I, I mean, yeah, I love this because I can use a lot of shit. Um, is your answer still the same with those two examples being brought to the table? Is my answer still the same? In terms of, you said you would want, like, the relationship to be, you're assuming that their relationship would be more in-depth and more spiritual, more connected with you and your partner versus them and their ex. But I provided examples where it might not be that, and you would see the opposite. Could you still see yourself dating somebody who had a, a solid relationship? Because you, you was like, um, our relationship would have more value and it would be deeper because I'm with them. It's not necessarily the truth. I think that's really the truth. I think that's the reason why a lot of motherfuckers end up getting back together because they treat each other like they're the best thing that they've ever met in their life when they're broken up. And they see somebody else is moving on. tipsy too. I think that I think a couple things. I think if you're confident where you sit, you don't care where anybody else stands. Deflection, but it's a bar. (laughs) It's a huge deflection. It's a bar, but it's a deflection. Continue. I'm listening. Didn't answer shit. Just said a bunch of nothing. <laughs> you're good at that. You're good at deflecting. Because you're so good at like saying some shit that's like, whoa. If you're confident where you sit, you don't care what anybody stands. Nigga, she didn't answer the question, though. So don't be impressed. You didn't answer the question. How did I answer the You question? didn't answer the question, bro. How not? You didn't. You said stuff. Okay. <laughs> None of that stuff answered the question. I asked you. If you, in that, in those two scenarios specifically, if you see, if you're in a relationship with somebody and you, and you propose a date or an activity and they shoot you down, but then you hear them on the phone a week later, agree to similar plans with their ex who they're still cool with, who they still have a relationship with, how could you stay with them? Confidence and all. You have the utmost confidence that they're not fucking. But my my thing is this. Is what? Um, that's what I want to know. What if you're... Do? Okay. Okay, yeah. Fine. You're too high for this shit. Yeah, she high as I fuck. am. Um, She's high as hell. I'm, I'm at a very nice level. Um, but I wasn't... Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my nigga, high high. Hi. 
Um, I got a feeling that I might be. I I am definitely high. <laughs> You're high as fuck, baby. I'm super high. I anyway, love it. Um, I feel like when you're dealing with, here's the thing. I can't say whose level's too much or whose level's too little. I can say that mine has limits and there are certain limits that exist. But being friends with someone doesn't pass a certain limit. In terms of what? So you You want to go to this, with this person to this after I, basically, all right, let's go back to that scenario. Yep. I ask you to do something, you say no, but when your best friend asks to do something, you say yes. Yep. Is that something that I need to do with the person that I want to do just about everything with? If it's not, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's it all depends it's subjective it's very subjective now for some women it's like my limit is whatever their limit exists where they feel like they're sharing something that's rightfully theirs mm-hmm. I guess but that. I think that's for guys too it is it's for humans I think that's for humans it's, in general yeah you're not gonna You're not gonna what? You're not gonna accept something that falls outside the lines of your morals and your values. Um that because should be that should be the rule of thumb, but people but, do that all the time. No, but You're right. You shouldn't. People do it all the time. That's all I was saying. I am agreeing true. with you. People people do do it all the time. Because motherfuckers don't have values. But if you're of integrity, you don't do that. Yeah. Stand for something. Values. M-L-M-X. Mac X. Malk X. I'm going to call that nigga Malk X. Yep. I feel you. So, I don't know. I just feel like that's a really subjective question. <laughs> Why a way to save yourself. <laughs> this nigga's wild. Um, yeah, my next question to you is, I came up with a really fire new name for the pod for rebrand, and I forgot it, but I'm going <laughs> to rack my brain to remember it. Um, but my question to you was, was how married are you to the name Pregame Podcast? I mean, it rolls off the tongue, but yeah. anything can if you say it enough. Anything what? I said the pregame podcast rolls off the tongue, but anything can if you say it enough. Word. That's a bar, nigga. That's facts. Yeah, I might have to change it. We might have to change it. But when I figure out this name and I remember it, the acronym is WE IT. I just got to remember what WE, W-E, and I-T stand for. Because it's like, what? I thought about it today when my boss was talking. I was just like, randomly thinking about podcast names and I was like, what the fuck, nigga? That's brilliant. But anyway, um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? I don't want to th- almost 40 minutes in. 
Almost 39 minutes in. Yo, she's the mad pod- high. She's like Thompson two weeks ago. Had a rough week, guys. Um, the podcast is different when we don't have a third. Very different, especially for Bree when she's really high. Because we've had really good two-person podcasts. But when Bree is high and had a bad week, it's different. Because I've been talking a lot, and I can keep going, but I'm not going to keep going if I know my partner. My right hand, my road dog, my RD, is just like trying to relax. You know what I'm saying? We try to relax and chill. You know what I mean? Throwing some DS. Pew, 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 pew. Play some Sega Genesis on DS. Oh, no, that's Super Nintendo, right? That's Super Street Fighter. Yeah. Yeah, Coot's a bitch. That's the moral of the story. Coot is a bitch. Um, he's a raggedy bitch. And when he called me and told me that he was going to be late and that he was leaving early, I was like, you raggedy motherfucker. But I didn't want to hit up nobody because, honestly, I'm past the point of, like, throwing in somebody that, like, talked to me and Bree when Thompson does this nonsense. <laughs> because he's about to go right back into... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right back into a segue that's going to get him kicked off the podcast. And he doesn't know it. He doesn't know it. He doesn't recognize it, but he's about to do it. And little does he know, I already have four or five candidates that I have already probed and assessed and started to court to replace him. And he's going to be very sad when he gets kicked off, but it's going to be his own fault. <laughs> yeah. Playing. I'm the count from Sesame Street, nigga. But Bree, sign off, man. Do um, what you do, cuz. Unless you got something else you want to talk about. Cause I'm starting to feel it. And I ain't trying to be as drunk as I was. I was drunk last week and before I was drunk. Nothing else I want to talk about. We gonna close this one up. Breeze, she about to play like I said, she about to play some video games high. Which is one of the best things ever. She had some amazing nuggets, and now I want nuggets. And I don't know if I can, if there's any place in Rhode Island where I can get nuggets that were that big. Chicken tenders enough, and like I really wish McDonald's still had the chicken selects. Why did everybody? It was like a a, a wave. It went chicken tenders, chicken sandwiches. If they if chicken tenders comes up again and it's chicken sandwiches again, it's gotta be the vibe. Yo, them chicken selects at McDonald's like. Seven, eight years ago were amazing, nigga. Buttermilk batter. Everything before was better. <laughs> over white meat. Everything before was better. The burgers before were better. The Wendy's, the yellow Wendy's. What hits like the yellow Wendy's? <laughs> Nothing, man. And I, I was just thinking about that earlier this week. I'm like, yo, that yellow box of fries was amazing. It was different. It was amazing. All of the fucking burgers came in the aluminum foil. Now they put in some of the small burgers and the white wrappers and shit. It's just a pr- it's oppression. It's oppression. Oh oppression burgers. Oppression burgers. I want to go to Sonic, but Sonic is probably closed, and that's mad far. Sonic got good burgers what's, in. They got good shakes. Huh? What's Sonic? Smithfield. You don't fuck with Sp- Yo, Wiley. 
You didn't have the hot dogs from there, pause. No, I, I used to work down the street from there. When what? they first opened, and then they transitioned into being like a, a fully, you know, a business forms in a year. Yeah. Right? They were there over a year, and you go in there, and like, it smells like they've been mopping the, wall, the floors with the same water for fucking months. I, I never did that. I, it was all, it was always, um, it was always, whatchamacallit? Drive to? Yeah. Motherfuckers coming out, skating and shit. Skate! But anyway. Um, but yeah, no. Like, there's certain things that just hit different. Sign off, man. Anyways. This has been yep. the pregame podcast. Mm-hmm. Minus Thompson. Because he has competing commitments. Um, and he's a capitalist because those competing <laughs> commitments make him money. You know what we could do? We could keep him on as our third and just charge him $20 a head, $20 a piece every week. <laughs> $20 an episode. Every episode that he leaves early, we just charge him $20. That's a standing fee. He has to pay us $20 a piece. From his DJ money. We have to talk off air for what the... We will. We will. For sure. I'm just putting it out there. My brain is always working now. I see it. That nigga gonna have to stop paying us. You don't want us to replace you? That's fine. You have to show up every fucking week at 8.30. We'll start at 8.45. You you cannot leave until 9.30. Which means you have to commit to 45 minutes. And then as soon as you leave at 9.30... Just know, at the end of the night, $40 of your earnings come to me and Brianna. That's it. If you're late, and we have to start later than 845, it's going to go up. 30 ahead. We're going up $10, not 5 bitch nigga. So you're DJing for less than what you think you're going to get. And you're going to get further away from renting that apartment or buying that house. Real shit. Because I guarantee you he's going to try to fight us on not getting kicked off. He doesn't want to get kicked off the pod. His sad ass was ridiculous, like, useless apology two years ago. I mean, two months ago. Two months ago. He's like, oh, I, I, you know, I just want to thank you, you know, And it was wild, listeners, is this nigga ain't even DJing on his own computer. He had to borrow a computer to diss us. <laughs> he had to borrow... Two computers to diss us. That's how whack this nigga is. <laughs> so if we ever found a consistent third that really... And you know what's even crazier? I'm glad Kuda's back DJing again. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to text Bree privately. And I'm going to schedule a photo shoot. And I'm just going to put it... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to schedule a photo shoot with us wearing like par- pregame paraphernalia. And I'm just going to have us do the photo shoot without Thompson. And I'm going to create a, pre, a pre-game Instagram page just to be petty. And we'll post on that shit like once every other week. But anyway, sign off, Bree. I feel like I'm asking every week. Like you're sitting in some pews, but I know you're sitting in a more comfortable place. <laughs> than the pews. Maybe not the new pews, because those new pews are something different. But I'm asking 
unless you do something that has no impact on your financial prosperity. Yeah. We do not touch your financial burden. I'm asking you to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell the person in their life who talks the most. I don't care if you like them, love them, hate them. You know who they are. Tell Mm -hmm. them. About the pregame podcast. Because everybody should hear about it. People should be able to make up their mind. That's that. Yeah, it's uh, Wole, it's Bri and Thompson's Absent Ass. This is episode 256 of the pregame podcast. Uh, we appreciate you guys for tuning in every week, man. We've consistently been at 21 listeners for the last seven or eight weeks, which I fucking love. The analytics have been incredible. Um, so we appreciate you guys for tuning in every week. We'll be back next week with some more fire, more hot fire. We love you. We appreciate you. And until next time, holla. Well, holla back. Woo, woo. Holla back. Yeah, yeah. Woo, woo. No, I'm, sorry. I'm I'm playing. I'm just playing. We love y'all niggas. Happy March, though. Happy uh, Women's History Month. Peace.